Um, so like this. <laughs> Random podcast moment. Um, we're actually speaking about the Zimbabwean economy right now, and I'm with Mdujuzi. And because you know, I, I wanted to make this a podcast, someone keeps asking me. Um, how do you feel about what's going on in Zimbabwe? Um, how is like it for you? Are you experiencing things the same way that people are? And I feel like I'm kind of tired of that question because I've had like three people asking me like, how do you feel? And I'm like... And also the other thing that I was tired of is the whole complex that we are expected to to fix our country. Yep. Like I'm like I don't know why that pressure needs to be put on me to go get educated, then come back and be Captain Save Zimbabwe. Like it's that simple. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Zimbabwe's been shit for a couple years now. Yeah. No one's ha- no one has been finding a solution. It's not been getting better. It gets better and it gets worse in like like seconds. Yeah, yeah. And probably when you think about changing Zimbabwe, you are going up against a system. A system of leadership, a system of thought and stuff like that, which is been put into place for like over a long period of time and it's kinda like difficult to to say I'm just gonna be the change like in one day and you can do it alone and basically you need about five five million other minds. Like yeah, we need a whole think tank of people. But um, also, quick backstory: we're walking along the road back to my house, so that's why it's noisy. There's like cars and Honda Fits everywhere honking. Um, I just felt a little emotionally drained this morning by getting that question again the how do you feel about the economy or what do you think you can do and I'm like there were these first world people like (laughs) these first world people think we can just sit down like I can just sit down and calculate in five minutes how to fix Zimbabwe and I that's it like it's done and I must go do a presentation a national presentation and they're going to elect me as president of Zimbabwe because I fixed the nation just by visiting the country for like a week um which is insane. It's insane. Like, we all, it's not like we don't know. Like, if there was a way to fix things, like, I don't think anyone wouldn't take the opportunity to fix things. But at every turn, like, just dealing with city council, just dealing with the councillors, dealing with MPs, like you said, dealing with the systems that have been put in place that don't even enable you to help in any way like just trying to open a business right now legitimately like you can register the business but like just for you to keep it running legitimately 
is not even viable like you yeah. are going to have to bribe someone tons of money how do we fix a country when one we don't even have the money to be bribing people here like we're supposed to be opening all these smmes but like just just thinking of the cost of operating a business in zimbabwe profitably is a headache on its own yeah um like a few weeks back i i approached some major retailer in the city and i wanted to supply some goods to them and they were like fine if you can give us nine thousand units a week it's okay but then you'd have to pay us something like eight thousand dollars that that was a direct bribe eight thousand dollars like u.s dollars or bonds no bonds yeah to do what to supply them with the so you must pay them for supplying them yeah and i'm like i haven't even started selling the products but i have to start forking out money to sell my products how insane is that so basically the system is rotten like and i mean yeah that's really interesting you'd have to really change about like because this is like a huge system of leadership or governance which is divided into smaller systems that's um reach you at every at every turn so you if you were to fix in quotes if you were to fix zimbabwe you'd have to deal with a lot of systems and what is the guarantee that you pay this eight thousand and that your product will be like sold like what is the guarantee that you get the return on that investment in its entirety yep and the bribe is not receipted in the first place so this is an actual bribe like it's not like it's something you have to pay yeah it's not it's not like a fee it's a bribe it goes to the person that's in charge of making sure that they buy your product so that's how just out of interest sheet. what like yeah. product was this um it was juices it was, oh, oh yeah i did see that advert um <laughs> so you're telling me that all these um because i've seen a lot of new brands popping up in the market cheaper brands things like that and someone did say to me the other day like shouldn't you guys be opening or like producing things self-sufficiently because i was like buying certain products are expensive because they're imported but um i have been seeing a lot of products like popping up like it's not like we are not making things like the zimbabwean economy is probably like 80 percent supported by small businesses and small brands and like entrepreneurs so it's not like we like really have to import everything from outside it's just that you know people still have their preferences and we're not running a 
monopolistic economy so certain things do get sourced from outside and just explaining that to someone that us being self-sufficient even as SMMEs doesn't fix the country because that can be the first thing that you think that oh you guys should be like producing more things like individually and I'm like if I even have to buy one thing outside of the country just one thing the fact that we have to get petrol somewhere else yeah. that affects yeah. everything else right that that's, means that's i can't charge a product that i'm making for the price that it could be as low as it could be because i still have to buy petrol to transport these goods therefore i have to add that onto them I have to add on the fact that I have to pay a bribe just to getting into a, a supermarket for somebody to sell it to me. Like I have to add that tax onto the product. I have to yeah. add the, the VAT. Like there's so many things. And then at the end of the day, we're still not helping anything because then what's happening is the differences between the the local products and the international products are then so small like it's so small it's like maybe two dollars less like um cooking oil that's made here will be 17 dollars cooking oil that you're sourcing from outside like sunflower the brand you'd be getting it for maybe 19 or 20 dollars and i'm like but producing this probably cost me less but everything that i had to add on to the product yeah, now yeah. equates it to basically buying something international true true and and the other thing that zimbabwe is lacking right now is um i don't know whether to say it's price control or or something yeah, no, the price controlling is just ridiculous. because like we we just adopted a new currency and no one seems to know what the value of the currency is. and the value of the currency is dropping every single day by like 10% maybe <laughs> like and like basically everyone decides like any any person in the street can decide um, to say today our currency is worth this much and then how how then do you operate in such an economy where you are not given an official um, rate in terms of currency or you don't even know the buying power of the money that you have in your pocket yeah that's the thing again because the there's a strong black market force and traditionally banks have always been more expensive to change money at right and while you know they've been trying to like chase black market people away but those are like pretty much also people that are earning such a huge income from doing that that's their living like yeah. there's so many of them 
that you can't just cancel it out it's like canceling a whole profession out like yeah. it just can't happen overnight yeah but you know i've just found it frustrated that every single day you wake up something has gone up by two dollars by three dollars every single day and just the comparisons of things that like People just sell things at whatever price they want to sell it at. Yeah, whatever like, price they feel, yeah. If some, I just bought avocados. <laughs> Someone's going to tell you this one avocado's $2. Fine, yeah. shop. Someone else is going to tell you this avocado's a dollar. Okay. Someone else is going to tell you this avocado's $5. Like, anybody can just, like, say whatever they want to say. So I bought these avocados, I bought them for a dollar each, right? Reasonably sized avocados. And then you walk across the street, you ask someone, how much is this packet of chips? Those little packets of chips. And they're gonna tell you, this is a dollar. And I'm like, how are you guys equating this thing to this thing? The lollipop is 75 cents, which is 25 cents short from being an avocado. I'm like, how does this work? Who is in charge of these pricings? Like, I'm like, this is just ridiculous. You go into pick and pay, um, we're, we're, we're at Cover. Yeah. And Cover was selling Mazoe for $27. And I'm like, $27. The other day I changed money. 100 Rand was $40. So you're telling me that this bottle of Mazoe is over 60 Rand? Yeah. Like, a 2 liters of Mazoe is over 60 Rand. In what universe would you buy any dilute juice for <laughs> over 60 Rand? An ordinary dilute juice i'm like this is just insane like and people keep asking me oh please bring me this please bring me that i'm like people want a cash strapped where am i supposed to be picking up this money just i understand you're going to pay me back <laughs> when i get back to south africa but like where am i supposed to get the money to buy these things because even the people i'm around don't have this money like no one has this money people have money to like survive right now basically because things the tide is changing so quickly like you can wake up tomorrow today the taxes were two dollars yesterday they were a dollar fifty and i'm like that's interesting the ones that come to kumula they were dollar fifty the guy was telling us tomorrow they're charging three dollars i'm like who is in charge of like these prices i also i'm also curious like I just feel like people are doing whatever they want now because we're using paper money. Fun fact, uh, on Saturday I went to buy two liters cooking oil. But before I bought it, like wherever I bought it, I went to Cover, which is a store, and it was going for $30. But cooking you know, oil. Cooking oil. But you know where, where I bought it, it was about $13 less, which is insane. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you um. have exactly the same product and in the same city that's in Bulawayo. Yeah, but I mean. there's a huge margin in terms of the selling price. 
we're like two seconds away from an overinflated currency because tomorrow if you wake up and bread is 10 bucks it means something else just one item Cremora costs $50 right and how many notes are you supposed to carry to buy one item you were complaining just the other day that your wallet was so full but like you do nothing with that money and your wallet is so full so now what's happening you have to print bigger notes and then you print bigger notes and bigger notes and it just keeps it just keeps going and then we're going to be buying bread for five billion again like 2000 and what what so I, 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 I just, I know I say this is like a question that's, that I'm tired of, but I do want to find out from your side what you think needs to be done for things to change. Um, I mean, I do definitely think that we, we are definitely not in a state as a country to be using our own currency and then I understand that there's a need for um, independence and all of this and progression but I don't think we're in a state to use our own currency and there's certain regulations that have been put around using the US dollar and the rand that are apparently ridiculous and maybe people do need to ease up on that and like realize that you know Zimbabwe is still a very underdeveloped, going towards developed economy. So that's definitely something that needs to start by. Yeah. My um, brother also suggested that we auction off the country in pieces, like give a bit to Zambia, a bit to South Africa. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a viable plan yeah, I, I think basically every Zimbabwean now needs to go for counseling <laughs> so uh, I'm just thinking we should be raising money to take every Zimbabwean for counseling because this is like some deep shit that we're in and we have to deal with all of this daily on a daily basis like you wake up you go to the shops the prices have inflated all right uh-huh. and basically you you do not do what you want in Zimbabwe it's it's more like the system is decided and you, you you have no say you have no control you have minimum control um, over your lifestyle um, so I, I believe we need to really, really, if we, if we are to say we are fixing Zimbabwe, we need to give it a lot of time. Not just, it's not like a short term thing, like four, four years, ten years or something. We need to give it a ton of time because really everything has to change like from our system of leadership to the way we do business to our production to basically even 
even people themselves are not the same because you have to kind of like really go into the minds of the people that's why i'm saying we all need counseling go into the mind of people and then basically orient them a certain kind of way i was talking to my brother yesterday and we were talking about agriculture like basically what happened was black people came and uh, grabbed land that was occupied by the whites like the farms and stuff yeah but they didn't know how to yeah. use it and, and basically you'll find out that the, a farm that would basically give the nation a lot of money in foreign currency is split into basically 20, 30 oh, you have 20, 30 families living there now and the only thing that they are breeding is dogs and you have like 16 dogs per family and stuff but there's no production and there's basically nothing you know and so really they were also given inputs at one time by the government um, combined harvesters and stuff like that and they didn't even know what to do with it with those things you know some tore those things apart and created fences for their mini farms or something but then the actual production stopped so we need to kind of like reorient people again which is a mammoth task on its own I really don't know how they went about the redistribution of land in terms of was it random or but there really should have been some sort of control as to who they're giving this land to like you know it's like giving someone a job that they're not qualified for that they're not experienced in like you need to be able to say you need to have three years experience in a b c and d you need to have a certificate in this or knowledge of that you know yep. so there should have been regulations surrounding that um and i know the problem also is the people i love my people but people generally that live on farms and rural areas and areas that are like rich in land etc and crop they don't want to educate themselves further than learning what they already know right yeah. so if someone knows how to um what's it called how to grow spinach they're just gonna grow spinach the entire time nothing else no diversification they don't know that it's just as easy to grow kale to grow carrots onions tomatoes like a bunch of things like cabbage but like and again i know there's a number of institutions that are offering free free courses they're offering free education on 
these things. My brother attended a NAST course for a couple days where they taught them about, um, I don't know what the proper term is for like fish life, <laughs> but like basically how to, um, yo, I'm gonna use, just use the wrong terms. How to like get the fish, you know? How to, <laughs> like a fish basically okay <laughs> and i'm like that was something that they did for them for people for free and i'm like but how many people knew that they had access to this thing how many people do they let know and how frequently are they running these programs on one kind of basis the problem is people also want to end up profiting from these things too much you know like offer offer the education for the sake of your nation right yep you lose nothing by taking a day off to teach somebody to do something to make something um i mean just speaking about the expo that we tried to run in the previous oh, year yeah, last year just the hassle that we went through a free expo for the youth to showcase their businesses their talents etc and the amounts that they wanted us to pay for the space the amounts that they wanted us to pay to book like just all these things that we had to go through and you can't speak to me go speak to that one again bribes and having to involve like political parties it was just too much and it was just unnecessary for the kind of thing that we wanted to do and I have been thinking about doing it differently in a different space but again I know I will still have to do deal with the same kind of like systems like we're just walking right now and there's like empty patches of land that you could do something with temporarily obviously because maybe somebody owns it but just the 20 people that you will have to speak to until you get to the right person and how many people you're gonna have to pay to get a letter for this and that yeah. it's just too much for a student who's just trying to do some good for free like nobody's being charged for some of these things that we want to do it's just you know like there's so many people producing soap right now in their houses cobra um just saying to someone oh let's do stalls and you guys can sell your stuff where you don't have to pay eight thousand to like just sell an item you're selling you're making from your house from the scraps of money that you have yeah. you know like no one should have to pay for that for providing a service to their you know to like their fellow citizens like i don't i don't i don't really get that um i do think the bribing definitely needs to stop all these systems of talk to that person talk to that person there's a lot of people that don't want to do their jobs they will keep referring you to other people when they know they're exactly the person that you should be speaking to but they just they just don't want to deal with it um, which is bad like um, I don't I don't appreciate people with bad ethic or bad work ethic I've said this frequently whenever I get bad service somewhere I'm like 
I don't take a job if I really don't want it. I don't know why you're here frowning at us or not wanting to help us out. Like we all work, we all have to provide a service to other individuals. So yeah, um, let's not even get into politics and how we must just scrap the entire party, like put it in the bin, flash, whatever. <laughs> but that also is it's a topic on its own. Um, anyways, thank you Jujuzi for joining me. We are two people that talk too much. I'm pretty sure this has ran over, over time. I might have to cut it like three times. And, uh, I will be uploading this probably a little late, but thanks everyone for tuning in. I'm out. And... Cheers. Judges is out. <laughs> <laughs>